We're up to chapter 3, Mishnah 5. Rabbi Hanina ben Chachinai Omer. Rabbi Hanina, the son of Chachinai Omer, he says, Hanei or Balayla, someone who is awake at night, Vehamahalech bederechichidi, or one who travels on the road alone, Vehumefane libel of Atala, and turns his heart to idle thoughts, Harezem eschai benafsho. Behold, this person bears guilt for his soul. A very short, pithy Mishnah of someone who's up at night or traveling alone along the road. A perfect time for introspection. And they use it to think about other things. They are liable with their life. Rabbi Hanir ben Chachinai is one of the sages uh, who we are only giving a brief glimpse into their character into their scholarship, but the brief glimpse is enough to show us that he was a tremendous uh, scholar and a tremendous uh, personality. And therefore, even though we're not giving many, many, there are some instances where the Talmud records laws that he that he taught, uh, but there isn't really a lot. But the story that I'm going to share, I think it's just interesting on its own account and illustrative and educational, but also shows what kind of characteristic, what kind of personality was Rabbi Hanina ben Chachinai, but also what were the standards that were present at the time in which he lived in the second century of the Common Era. And the Talmud in the book of Tsubos, page 62b, has a whole interesting set of teachings regarding when Torah scholars are supposed to close the book and go back home and spend time with their wives. Like, what, what's what's the proportion you know when when is it important for them to engage in the domestic responsibilities of a married man so the talmud gives uh, a series of teachings about this matter i want to go through three of them the first story is about a rabbi ruhami who was in the house of scholarship in the city of mechuzah and his custom was to go home every year once he would spend the whole year studying, but the day before Yom Kippur, he would go home and he would spend time with his family, and I would assume he would spend the holidays with his family and then go back to study. And there was one time that he got so engrossed in a halachic matter that he just forgot about the time, and he was just studying, and he was so intensely involved, and he didn't get home. And his wife, she knew that it was the day before Yom Kippur, and her husband is scheduled to come home. And she's sitting there all waiting. He's going to come now. He's going to come now. It's like my kids. Uh, on Friday, we had a, uh, uh, we got a ping pong table. And the, the paddles were supposed to come from Amazon and the kids were itching. They were itching to have the paddles arrive. They were outside. I, I went online. The order was supposed to come at like four o'clock. They're sitting outside waiting for the UPS truck. There was a pump fake with the FedEx truck. There was another pump fake with a post a USPS truck, and finally, the 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 UPS came, and they were so excited they were jumping on tables. Uh, so so she's eagerly awaiting her husband's return. As you can imagine, she probably misses him a lot, and it's been a long time. And finally, he didn't come, and he's still studying and still look in the, in the house of scholarship, and he's totally oblivious to her, and she got sad. And she started crying. And a miracle happened. 
every tear as she's dropping tears from her face, the boulders of the House of Scholarship are falling on his head. Uh, well, eventually a boulder hit him and he died. The Talmud deduces from this how critical it is for someone to not forego the responsibilities that they have, even if it means that they just, that they study. He should have had some sort of provision in place to make sure that he's not going to pain his wife by delaying his return. That's the first story. The second story is about the, the sage of our Mishnah, Rabbi Hanina ben Chachinai. The story begins that he was at the wedding ceremony of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and he said, okay, well, wait, let me finish my wedding ceremony and the seven days of celebration so I could go, we could go study together. He says, no, no I'm not going to wait for you. He wasn't willing to wait for seven days. He went right away to the House of Scholarship, and he's there for 12 years, as was sometimes customary, like we learned about Rabbi Akiva, spent 24 years, 12 and 12. And they would do these amazing immersions into scholarship, uh, uninterrupted 12 years that was uh, present, uh, prevalent at the time. And finally, after 12 years, he decides to go back home. But the problem is, after 12 years, there's been construction. So he doesn't know exactly which way is the way to get home because there's all these new buildings and there's all these new parts and all these – he doesn't know how to get home because he, he, they, they changed the, the roads and they changed the paths and now he's, he's lost. So he just sits down at a riverbank and he gets to the – riverbank and he's just sitting there waiting and there's two girls that come out and uh, they're coming to I guess take Philip water from the river and one of them calls the other one oh the daughter of Chachina the daughter of Chinoi I come fill up water so he realizes that's his daughter because she's been 12 years he doesn't recognize her anymore and he says okay I'm going to follow her home so he just starts following her and he gets to his house and his wife sees him and she's not prepared for it and she collapses and she collapses in shock and is, she's in mortal danger and he starts praying. It's not fair that she's she forfeited so much I, sh- I should go study and now she's going to die of shock. So he started praying for her and she was healed and she was resuscitated and she was brought back to life. Which, of course, shows us the dedication of, of the author of our Mishnah, of the immersion of 12 years, but also the dedication of his wife to put up with that. It just shows like what kind of society, what kind of culture these people had, uh, the total commitment uh, to Torah scholarship and Torah excellence and just you know 12 years uninterrupted of, of studying. It's just something we can't even fathom. And then it brings the third story. And this story is about Rab Chama Barbiza. And he also spent 12 years studying, and now it's time to go home. He finished his 12-year term, and now it's time for him to go home to go spend more time with his wife and family after his 12 years of studying. But he knows about the story that happened with Hanina, Reb Hanina ben Chachinai. He knows what happened. And therefore, he's like, I'm not going to surprise my wife. I'm not going to come in unannounced. I'm going to send a message to my wife that I'm in town, prepare yourself, whatever, don't don't be too shocked. But in the meantime, what am I going to do when I'm waiting? I'm going to go to the house of scholarship. I'm going to go to the local base medrash. I'm going to sit down, spend time there, and study a little bit until I find the message has reached her and I can go home. So he goes to sit down in the house of scholarship. 
and he sends the message to his wife, and he's sitting there. And there's a young scholar that comes into the room, and they start talking. And he doesn't realize that he's actually talking to his own son. Because he left the son, a little, little kid, he left him. And now it's 12 years have passed. He doesn't recognize him. And he, someone came into the, into the house, into, into the basement, so he starts talking to him. And he realizes that this young scholar is so sharp. And what a great Torah scholar. And he starts getting sad. He's like, oh no, I left my son here. And I left him unattended. And who knows, who knows what happened to him? And maybe, if, maybe I shouldn't have gone to the House of Scholarship. I shouldn't have spent 12 years at the, at the academy studying. I should have spent, spent time here with my son and I should have taught him and he would have ended up like this guy. And of course, he doesn't realize this guy is actually his son and he's all sad and he's all despondent because I could have had a great Torah scholar like this person and now I left my son unattended and who knows where he is. Meanwhile, the message comes back from his house that uh, it's time to come. Your wife is ready. So he gets there, he arrives there, and he has a reunion. And then his son walks into the room. And he right away gets up. There's a great Torah scholar here. And his wife tells him, I've never seen anything like this in my life, where a father gets up for his son. So right away, it hit him that this is actually his son. And he was so excited. And he quoted a verse in Ecclesiastes that the uh, the rope that has three rings, it's never going to be severed, meaning that his father was a great Torah scholar. He was a great Torah scholar. And his son, he could be thankful, is also continuing that legacy of tremendous uh, excellence in the area of Torah greatness, which I found it to be like a kind of an emotional story where uh, the father like abandons his family. And to us, it's like, well, we can't do that. Maybe you can leave, but, you know, be back by lunch. Uh, don't, don't get too carried away. Uh, and in here, there's a society of, of people who, you know, would just dedicate their lives to Torah, you know, in, in a way that we can't fathom. And then here he has this wonderful, pleasant discovery that his son, uh, in his absence, was able to flourish and become a, tal- a Talmud and Torah scholar on his own right. So that's Rabbi Hanim and Chachinai. Even though he's a more of a minor character in the grand scheme of the Talmud, he appears and shares with us a few laws, of course, but he's not one of the uh, mainstays. You don't find him in every page of the Talmud. But we still see that uh, the standard um, of the people uh, of that time. So there's a few ways that this Mishnah, that this teaching is um, is understood. He talks about someone who's up alone at night or someone who is alone along the path. So simply put, it means that, you know, the night is the time for sleeping and the day is the time to be up. And the people that are uh, insomniacs or nocturnal, uh, they're actually departing from the way of the world. Like they're choosing to live on a different plane than everyone else. And so the morale says something like this. He says, listen, the night... It's a time for one of two things. Either you're sleeping or you're studying Torah. That's it. That's the, that, that's what the night is designed for. When someone departs from it, the mission says you're liable with your life, meaning you're taking your life into your own hand because the Almighty says, I am creating a certain template, a certain format in which life is going to flourish. And therefore, when someone says, I'm going to go on a different path, then they're, they're not going to be granted the same protections that are given to everyone else. 
the path that everyone takes, there's a certain security in knowing that you're doing what normal humans do. You're up by day, you're sleeping at night. When someone is, does the opposite, the Mishnah is telling us that they're a li- they're putting themselves in a little bit of a dangerous situation. Similarly, if someone's walking alone, right? If someone, if someone's on, you're on the road, you're driving on the road, that's good. If someone goes through the forests or someone goes through the, uh, the, 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 the trying to blaze their own path, you know, you can, you can encounter some snakes or a polar bear or places like, you know, things you're not going to find in the mall. What he's telling us is, is that there's a certain, there's a certain way of, of, of life. Is someone who's, who's a total rogue living on their own in Alaska, if someone is like that, they are very much liable to be in danger or take themselves into danger. And finally, when someone is taking their heart and turning it to idle matters, they're not focusing on things which are important, that there is no greater departure from the path that the Almighty sets for the world and therefore, there's no greater danger. If someone is not taking life seriously, they're in great danger. That's a, a kind of a simple way of understanding this Mishnah. The Rabbeinu Yonah says something, a very fundamental idea. He says that this is these are, these are not three separate things. A, someone is up at night. B, someone who's alone, alone in the path. C, someone who thinks about idle thoughts. It's really all connected. If someone is up at night and thinks idle thoughts... Or if someone is alone, is alone along the path and thinks idle thoughts, then they're liable with their life. Why? Because there are certain times that are very auspicious for thinking internal thoughts, thinking valuable, introspective thoughts. When someone is alone, either because it's late at night and there's no one around, it's quiet, it's peaceful. That's a very valuable time to think about the most important things in life, about what you're living for, about what your values are, about what your priorities are, about how your life is going. Am I doing what I, what it is that the money wants me to do? Am I accomplishing the responsibilities that I'm placed here on this earth to accomplish? It's a time that is very valuable and very crucial to not think about idle thoughts because now is a time we can make a, like, it's a time where you have a transformative introspection. There's no one around. You're, everyone else is sleeping. It's just you. You and the Almighty. Now is a very valuable time. Don't lose it. Don't misappropriate it towards idle thoughts. Similarly, when one is along, uh, one is alone along the way, they're by themselves. It's a time where they're not influenced by the social, by the society, by, uh, by the community, by other people. It's just them and their thoughts. And they have a choice. Idle thoughts or Thoughts of substance. And if they choose the idle thoughts, then they're liable with their life because they're missing out an opportunity that could be life-changing, could be life-transformative. We have to strike a balance. You know, we have, on one hand, we live in a society, and if someone is just surrounded by friends, then they never develop their own identity. Whereas if someone is only alone, if someone is a loner, if someone is a, um, uh, is, is a hermit, then, and they're not involved in all society, that's also a problem. Each one of them is going to develop certain tendencies that are problematic. If someone is just by themselves and they grow to have a disdain for other people, they're probably going to become very haughty, very, very arrogant. If someone is too much with everyone else, they're not going to develop a certain sense of individuality, uh, cr- creating f- for themselves a perspective, a life, 
a, a life perspective of a Weltanschauung. They're not going to develop that. They're not going to become an individual. And we have to try to kind of strike this balance of embracing our individuality but also being part of a society. Too much in, e- in either way, in either side, is a problem. And here we're told that when you're alone, you're by yourself at night, you're by yourself along the way, now is a time to favor the individuality development side of, of, of your personality. And if you waste it with idle thoughts, if you don't capture the opportunity, then you're imperiling your life because there's a vast portions of yourself that are going to be untapped and underdeveloped. A very deep idea of how to develop a more complete personality, a more complete character, character development where you're aware of the various different arenas in which you live, both as an individual and as part of a community, and are aware of how you're going to develop and tend and cultivate those parts of your being. When you're alone, when you're by yourself, there's no one around, now is a time for introspection, now is a time to grow internally, to hone and to sharpen and to bring to life your individual self.